Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you might be joining us. Welcome to the Purpose and Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly R. Jackson. Let's just get right into it, as we always do. It's time for our Monday Morning Discipleship Podcast. Monday Morning Discipleship, and uh, we are in our series, uh, What Does God Have for Me Now? This is week seven. We've got two weeks uh, left in this series. This is week seven. We're going to wrap it up next week in week eight. What does God have for me now? And so as as we ended last week, uh, we talked about the fact that we're going to go into giving uh, on this week, on the next two weeks as we wrap this up. Um, because one of the things that we, that we wanted to point out when we, we uh, have this conversation about what does God have for me now, and we talked about a lot of things about how um, God is, in fact, blessing us in the right now, um, how we often overlook our blessings. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about stewardship and how we manage our blessings. And uh you know, I wanted to mention something very quickly before I get into giving on this week. Um, even the story of the prodigal son is a story of God blessing us up front and then us squandering the blessing due to riotous living, as it, as it was said uh, in that particular parable, when, when the father gives the son his inheritance. And the Bible says that he squandered it on riotous living. The Bible says that he squandered it, uh, he wasted it, if you will on, on, uh, uh, basically poor stewardship. And as, as they called it, riotous living, just, uh, they said he blew it on harlots and he blew it on partying. And so a lot of times y'all, uh, we stressed that in the last couple of weeks that, um, God is in fact blessing us right now, but sometimes we have a stewardship problem. And sometimes we're under the impression that we're not getting something that we've actually been given, but yet we've blown our opportunity. Right. And so uh, at the end of last week's podcast, I talked about the fact that uh, there are many people that are living in what we call the overflow. They have a surplus, right? They have a lot of different blessings. And I said to you, even people who don't believe in God, you can go back to the fact that there was a good stewardship that happened. At some point, stewardship took over and they said, I have to manage uh, what I have so that I can, in fact, uh, get more. And so uh, here we are, even as we talk about stewardship, let's talk about giving. Um, and again, I'm going to speak directly to the church. And uh, if anybody's listening to me and they don't belong to the church, you get to eavesdrop on this. Um, but one of the things that we often talk about in the church, and uh, strangely enough, it's even controversial at times, and we'll talk about that over the next couple of weeks, is our giving to our local church, our tithes and our offering. Now, again, as I said, strangely enough, on some some regard, that's controversial in the church. I don't understand how it's controversial in the church, but it is. And so here's the thing. I don't understand. Now, I'll say this. I'll give you this. And like I said, I don't want this to turn into a a long, drawn out commentary about what you should do at the church and uh, how people push back. And they say, I wouldn't give all my money to them people and all that good stuff. Now. Again, like I said, I'm not concerned about the opinions of people who are outside the church. I don't mean no disrespect. I don't need mean no harm. But if you don't go to the church and you don't give your money to the church, then you shouldn't have an opinion on people who do go to the church and who do give their money to the church. You do what you want with what you have and let people do what they want with what they have. But where I do have an issue is for people who are in the church. And they said, I'm not going to leave all my money at this church. And my question is, if you're coming to a place each week and you're being fed spiritually and you're coming back each week for some reason, 
Why wouldn't you want to support the house that you're coming to? Why wouldn't you want to contribute? Because if you needed help, you would expect them to help you. Well, listen, it is a community thing. And again, I, 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 there's, a, there's a text in the book of Acts that, that kind of supports this. We talk about having all things in common, like the church was built that way for us to be a community. And we share everything that we have and we help one another. That's how the church was built. Now, I know that all churches don't do what they're supposed to do. Again, another subject, another time. But why would I keep coming to a place where I don't feel compelled to support that place? I'm not leaving all of my money here, but I'm going to keep coming here. There's something that's bringing you back here every week. And so we have to ask ourselves, why do I keep coming back here every week? And yet at the same time, I don't feel like I need to support anything that's going on here. We're not wasting your time because we're, we're having service and we're, we're opening the doors of the church and so on and so forth. So people have to ask themselves, why would you continue to come to a place every week and say, I'm not going to support that place? It, it, it's odd to me. You go to the grocery store. You're supporting the grocery store. Oh, I'm getting something in return. Well, if you're coming back to this church every week, I have to believe that you're getting something. Um, otherwise, it becomes ritual. But 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 again, that, that was just a little commentary. Let, let me look at some scripture. I'm going to look at two passages of scripture, and we're going to cover them over the next two weeks because there's a lot of, as we like to say, meat on the bone. So I can't get it all in one week. I'm going to touch on them this week. Um, but we can't get to the bottom of everything this week when we talk about our giving. Famously, Malachi chapter 3. And again, I'm talking directly to the church this week. Those of you who are not in the church, you're eavesdropping. We, we want you to join. As a matter of fact, I, I'll even take this moment right now to offer Christ to you. Romans 10 and 9 says, if we confess him with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died uh, on the cross and that he rose on the third day, we are saved. So if you believe that um, you are saved at this moment. So I want to take that moment to even open the doors of the church right there. Now, <laughs> Malachi chapter 3 is a particularly famous Bible verse. You know, we talk about tithes. Malachi chapter 3. Let me read it from the New King James Version. Word of God says, As will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out uh, for you such a blessing that there will be not room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delight. Uh, you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's Malachi chapter three, verses eight. That's actually verses eight through 12, verses eight through 12. Now, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. And again, we're going to touch on this and then we're going to touch on a, a New Testament uh, verse. And then we'll kind of talk about why there's controversy. So Malachi chapter three, starting at verse eight in the New Living Translation. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offering due to me. You are under a curse for you, for, for your whole nation, rather, has been cheating me. 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine uh, before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Again, Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Now, this is a verse that comes up in church, and we talk about the fact that if you tithe, God says you, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings meaning you have not brought back what you should bring back. And again, we've talked in this series about how um, God trusts you in ways that the government doesn't even trust you. God will give you the blessing up front and says, bring back the tithe, bring back the offering. I've blessed you. You ought to bring something back. It, 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 I, I used this analogy one time when I was preaching. I said, God is simply like a parent who says, listen, take this to the store and do X, Y, and Z and bring my change back. And I said, sometimes I remember this as a kid. Sometimes when you followed instructions to the letter, you would come back. And sometimes mama would say, keep the change. Sometimes when you bring God that blessing, that tithe, when you honor God in your giving, God will sometimes say, keep the change. Not right in that moment. I know you think it will. When I put it in the, in the basket, why won't they just give it right back to me? I don't know about y'all, but I've gone and given what I was supposed to give to God. And been blessed before I even got back to my house. I've had somebody buy books or do this or do that or call me to preach or whatever the case may be. I've given to God and been blessed before I even got back home. There are times, y'all, I've given to God and been blessed before I even left the sanctuary. And so I know, as it said in the text here, God says, try me. I've tried them as, 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 as we sing, as we sing in some of the old songs that we sing in the church, uh, you know, in our broken English, I done tried them and I know he's all right. I've tried them. I've tried them and I've seen God bless a lot of times. Y'all hear me good. A lot of times when people don't want to give, when people don't want to sow, when people don't want to leave their tithes and their offering at the church and they're concerned about whether or not they're going to be blessed. And I, I always submit to you, you haven't really tried God because if you try God, if you tried him in this manner, you've been blessed by God. I'm telling you the truth. And, and again, it can't nobody get me to waver on it because I have experience. I'm not talking about what I heard. I'm talking about what I know. I'm talking about what I have done. And so when we say, what does God have for me right now? Now, again, God says, I'm open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. I've been there before where God has blessed me in the overflow. And I said, listen, I've, I've got a tremendous blessing. I've been there before. And so we have got to get this out of our churches. We've got to get this out of our spirit that we don't owe God anything. So when we even do in this series, what does God have for me now? It is a suggestion. And again, this was a setup from the beginning. It is a suggestion that God actually owes you. God does not owe us. I want y'all to hear me good. Again, we started off the series. I do believe I brought up Psalms 24 and 1. If I didn't, I'll bring it up right now. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. God does not owe you because whatever you have belongs to God. 
So God doesn't owe us anything. So even as we ask this question, even as I brought this question to you all, what does God have for me now? It is almost a suggestion if we wrap our mind around this to say that God has not been doing for you right now. God is good right now. And so uh, the Bible says here, he says, well, a man robbed God. And, and God says, yeah, you have robbed me in tithes and offering. And then he's speaking to this people. I don't have time to get into the, the, the background of this. Uh, for the purposes of this, I want to try to stay a little bit narrow, but he's speaking to these people and he's saying, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So even if you're at a point, I pray I'm not moving too fast, y'all. Even if you're at a point where you're saying, God, what you going to do for me now? Sometimes y'all, we have missed our blessing. Sometimes we are under a curse because we have not done our due diligence as far as God is concerned. And so we're trying to figure out how do I get this? How do I get that? And and, and I don't know. Again, I, I'm 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 old school. I remember my mother saying to me, "Well, are you paying your tithes, son?" And, and I want you to give I want to give you a little caveat here. The church I was raised in, my mother was in the finance office. So when my mama asked me, "Was I paying my tithes?" She already knew the answer because everything that came through the, the, the finance office came through my mama's hands. So when my mama would ask me, "Are you paying your tithes?" She was reminding me, "Pay your tithes." Make sure you do what you're make sure you do right by God. If you do right by God, he'll do right by you. But even in this text, he says, bring it all into the storehouses. They may be food in my house. Now, again, th th this is where we get into trouble. And again, we, we got two weeks with this. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to cover some of this on next week. When people are saying what they doing with all the money, God says, bring it to the storehouse. So there may be food in my house. Who do you think that's for? God is not a man. He's a spirit. God does not need to consume food. And, and, and by the way, uh, when, when God talks about this food here, let, let me pull up New Living Translation. Uh, he talks about enough food in the temple. This is so that we can look after one another. The church has expenses. The church, the, 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 they don't give the church lights for free. They don't give church gas for free. The church has expenses. And so people who enjoy coming to the church ought to want to contribute right? To keep the expenses of the church going, right? But at the same time, y'all, sometimes we get into trouble. Sometimes we run into spots as a community of believers, and we have to go to the church and say, I need some help. So who do we think this help is going to come from? It's got to come from the people. If we are community, and the key word in the community is unity. If we together, then we ought to be, again, have all things in common. Let's pull our stuff together and help each other. Well, again, church ought to be the safe place to keep all of that so that we can take care of the community. One more caveat here with the time I got left. Again, I know that every church doesn't do right. I know that, that some of us have run into some people with some crooked schemes in the name of God. I know that we got some people out there that have misused their position. And I'm saying to you that if you are a member of a church like that and you know for sure, not, not heard, not casting aspersions, not guessing, and you know for sure that they're not handling business properly, you can't hold that against the ecclesia, meaning the called out of God. You can't hold that against the true body of Christ. That is that particular place, and it's time for you to move on from that place. I've seen some things, and I, listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I've seen some things in church that ain't right. I've seen some things, but let me tell you something. I surely didn't belong to a church that I didn't feel comfortable at. That I didn't feel like they were doing the right things. And I didn't feel like they would take care of their people if they needed to. 
the 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 two churches that I and I've been you know look at at, at if the Lord lets me live, I'll be fifty two years old this year. I've been a member of two churches in my lifetime, and in both of those churches, I've never seen a bill not paid. I've never seen the lights off. And I've never seen people who are members of the body who really needed help and the church did not come to their rescue. Now, I know I'm blessed in that regard because everybody don't have that testimony, but I'm giving you my testimony. I've been I've been a part of two member two churches. And I've never seen them do anything that wasn't above board. Oh, there's always going to be some people who have questions. People don't understand people who got some evil in their spirit and they question everything. Because, again, they know what they would do if they were in charge. But the churches that I've been to, I can honestly say to you that they always took care of business. My former church, even after my pastor died, my late uncle, the uh, uh, the Reverend Dr. Dan Flowers, even after he died, it was five years before we got another pastor. Well, before they got another pastor, another subject for another time. But anyway, five years before that happened. And because of my mother's stewardship, I don't mind saying it because of my mother's stewardship, because she was still in the finance office. Every bill still got paid. Everything was still taken care of. And I want y'all to know that's a rarity for a church without a pastor for five years. Usually things go off the rails. But thanks be unto God, my mama believes in stewardship. Now, let me do this with the rest of the time that I've got. Again, I'm going to dig deeper into this on next week. But God also says in this verse. That not only will I bless you if you bring your tithes and offering to the storehouse, not only will I bless you, but I'll keep things from destroying what you already have. What does God have for me now? Again, God don't always have to bless you and give you something. Sometimes God blesses you by just keeping you. It's the part that we miss. And again, next week, I'm going I'm to I'm share some excerpts with from my book, uh, Going Through the Get Through. I talked about this in my book, uh, Going Through the Get Through. I'll, sh- I'll share a couple of paragraphs in that book. But again, y'all, sometimes God just keeps you. See, see, I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I've been in these places before where I've said, listen, Lord, just keep me. I'm, I'm short of money right now. I need you to keep me, God, and keep me however you see fit, God. So sometimes God will send the money. Sometimes God will keep things from, from falling apart. When he says, I'll keep the, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I think we have to learn to see where we are blessed and say, you know what? God didn't necessarily send the money for the bill, but he kept stuff from getting shut off until I got the money, until the next payday, right? So, so we have to learn to recognize when God has been keeping you. Right. So, again, I'm going to dig deeper into that on next week. But I want to go to something very quickly before we get out of here on today. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll stretch it out a little bit more in our last week on next week. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Now, now this is where, like I said, the controversy comes in. And again, we'll, we'll deal with the controversy of it all on next week. Second Corinthians chapter six, uh, chapter nine, excuse me, verses six through 15. And that's why, again, I'm I'm at 19 minutes now. Um, We're going to pick it up on next week. I'll read it from the New King James Version. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always have all having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. 
As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything, for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. And by their prayer for you who long for you, because of the exceeding grace of God and you thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now here's the controversy. And again, we're going, we're going to dig deeper into it on next week. As I talk to you, Malachi, that's old Testament. Malachi says, bring the tithes and the offering to the church. This verse here, second Corinthians chapter nine, this is new Testament. I say who he, he was sold sparingly will also reap sparingly. That's not the controversy. The controversy is right here in verse seven. So let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity for God loves a cheerful giver. That's where the controversy is because even in the church, y'all we have decided because a tithe is considered that 10%. We have decided, well, I don't have to give 10% as the Bible says I can give as he purposes in his heart. I can give whatever I want to give. And again, we're going to dig deeper into this on next week. But here's the thing that, that I think we kind of gloss over. Because a lot of times when it's like, okay, um, um, I don't want to give the 10%. I just want to do this. I want to give that. I just want to do this. I don't want to give that much. I just want to do this, right? Here's the thing that we gloss over. But I say this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountiful will also reap bountifully. So again, I want, I want you to hear me good. And I'm not making any accusations towards anybody. I hope nobody take this personal. I know people who have always given above and beyond the tithe. I know people who have done, they always give above and beyond the tithe. I know people who take this verse and say, I'm going to give less because the Bible says that I need to give as I purpose. But don't you forget about verse six. Right. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. Just consider that as you go forward. Just think about those things as you go forward, as you give, as you purpose. Find out where your purpose is. Find out how you are purposing. Right. And again, the Bible says don't give grudgingly or out of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. So I'm going to talk about that on next week. Our attitude when we're giving. Our mindset when we're giving. And so again, I'm going to leave it right here again. I got so much more to, to, to cover there. What does God have for me now? Again, so we're talking about giving. This is going to be, uh, this is week seven. Next week is going to be the last week we're going to cover this. And then we'll move on to another area wherever the Lord leads us. But I pray that you are blessed by what we had to share on this week uh, in relation to that. But again, we'll dig a little bit deeper into that on next week. Um, there's so much more to share in that New Testament 
uh, text. And then I want to share with you all uh, from my book, Going Through the Get Through, where we kind of talked about um, that in particular. So um, that's all the time that we've got for this week's podcast. Listen, I pray that you all are blessed by what we had to share again. We'll pick it up on next week. Let me give you my tag, as we always do. If you'd like to keep up with us, um, the best way to do that is to go to the ministry's website, that website www.krjministries.org one more time www.krjministries.org if you would like to uh, purchase any of our written works particularly that book I was talking about uh, going through to get through you can go to our publishing website that website www.krjpublishing.com one more time www.krjpublishing.com Com. As always, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to our podcast, uh, whatever platform you're listening on. Hit that subscribe button so that you know uh, when new episodes become available. If you would like to support us at the ministry, you can do so via PayPal, paypal.me forward slash KRJ Ministries. Again, paypal.me forward slash KRJ Ministries. Or you can go right to the ministry's website at www.krjministries.org forward slash donate. Again, www.krjministries.org forward slash donate. That's all the time that we've got for our Monday morning discipleship podcast. Again, we uh, hope that you are uh, blessed by what we had to share on this week. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. We'll see you all on next time. Be blessed.